We are less than a month to Christmas. Are you kidding me? You know, Carol starts saying uh, January comes. She said, you know, uh, Christmas will be here before you know it. And it just left. And it's here. But Bobby Connor, uh, I think the last time he was here was 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Or was, no, it was sooner. It was Father's Day a few years ago. Um, but he stands in an office. In the prophet's office, there are, there are actually levels of gifting and grace. Some prophets function in a way, you know, in, in a more direct uh, ministry in that local congregation. Some are more uh, international. And Bobby is an international office, and he also is a seer. I mean, in that office of prophet, the discerning of the spirits is an operation. I know. I live with one. And, uh, but Bobby operates in, at a, a, in a greater way, in a greater level of this gifting and grace of seeing. He had tremendous ministry when he was here in this house, uh, speaking things by the Spirit of God. And he's coming in next week, and I've been reflecting on it. And actually, uh, I have, I'm just going to share some of the things from the, that we've been ministering here, preaching here, and it was such a delight to look on his website and see under the, you can go to bobbyconnors.org uh, uh, or Eagles Ministry, and I encourage you to do it. And he's got a, one of the selections there is not only events, but articles, and he has many articles that he's put on there. And I know Carol was going to go there. Matter of fact, she shared something that he recently did. But November 9th, I'm going to read to you a couple things. Because one thing I love about Bobby Connors is that regardless of the level of the gift that he operates in, the gift of Christ. I want to say that. It's not his gift. It's Christ's gift in him. But he stewards it well. Amen. And that, see, when you're moving in the supernatural, even as Pastor Carol was this morning in words of knowledge and speaking you know, those types of things. They are gifts of the Holy Ghost flowing. And they are available to every one of us. And you know what? The Bible says to the church, he, Paul wrote it to Corinth, desire earnestly. Another word used in there is covet. So there's good coveting and there ain't good coveting. Amen? But, the, you know, covet not thy neighbor's wife or thy neighbor's goods. But covet spiritual things. God gives us a license to long for something greater. Amen? Say, I des- I'm, ma- I'm making it, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, say this, I, s- I covet moving in the spirituals of God. Yeah. See, the same way Jesus walked on the earth, he wants his church to walk. Amen. But anyway, on November 9th, there's previous articles to him, you know, to the election, which was November 8th. And on November 9th, this is what the heart of God was in the vessel that's coming next Sunday morning and Sunday night. I want to tell you something. Unless you are going to your own funeral, you need to prioritize those meetings. Now, if you go to your own funeral, that means you're in the box. Amen? You with me? Hello? Hello? Uh, I want to say it this way. In respecting what God is doing and wants to do in your own personal life, it's trusting the leadership that God places in that local expression, that local church. And we have been contacting and reaching out to Bobby's ministry through and following protocol and everything else. And, and we knew God wanted him to come. 
we no, you didn't. You 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 just uh, exercised greater protocol. Rather than the internet, you know, we're good friends as as far uh, with Bobby and his wife Carolyn, and Carol's very has a very amicable relationship with his wife. Now, I want to tell you something. The he- my husband might be the head, but if you have a stiff neck, you got a problem. <laughs> Come on, guys. Dear Lord Jesus. The wife is the neck. She helps turn the head. Amen? Amen. You with me? So she called uh, Carolyn and just shared how they just were talking about family and all that. And, uh, you know, Carol just said, you know, we've been trying to reach out to Bobby and this, that, and the other thing, go through the protocol. And Carolyn said, oh, well, uh, you know, I'll talk to him and text check his schedule. Well, bam, within a week, we get the phone call, and he's available December 4th because he's ministering up north on Friday night and Saturday night, uh, Saturday, rather. And then uh, we're going to grab him and bring him down here to bless this house, but to bless the region. See, when you think about Jerusalem, Jesus said when he anointed them, and or I'm sorry, he told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And when you do, when he comes, you will receive power from on high to be witnesses unto me in Samaria, Jude, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Every one of those are geography. They're places of geography. There's a Jerusalem geography that God has given us as a church to reach. There's a Samarian. Now, he gave it to that, you know, to that particular group because they were the seed going into the earth. Amen. To the uttermost parts of the earth, you're going to take my gospels, what Jesus said. I am assigning you and commissioning you to go. Make disciples of all the nations. Amen? So, hence, what God has put in place, the cults. The devil says, oh, no, no, I can't have this. So, he raises up cults, groups that are not of the faith, the true faith of Jesus, like faith, but not the same faith. Listen, Mormonism started off with angels, amen, and angel Moroni appearing to a guy that was a, a, a diviner. He was a treasure hunter, Joseph Smith. Nobody does the research to find out what all's behind it. And then, boom, the, an angel Moroni appeared to me and told me, gave me, uh, led me to a mountain where there were, uh, you know, um, uh, what was it, tablets written in Egyptian hieroglyphics. And then, of course, you know, by inspiration of this angel, he interprets them. And then the interpretation revelation they get is that the Bible is the least of four great revelations. But the, the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants is another book. Yes, Jesus did not complete all the work. He needed these other guys. You know, God needed these other guys. Say baloney. Now, but listen, there's a lot of good people in that religion. But you have to think about it. Jesus said in the last days, many false prophets and false teachers will come. I'm flowing, so I'm just going. I'm a flowing, so I'm going for whatever reason and purpose. Because it needs to be released in the atmosphere. You and I have an assignment and a commission from God to love people and to share the truth of God with them. And you know what? Words alone, are they're, they're powerful. Words are powerful. The words you and I speak. But the actions that you and I put to the word speak just as loud and sometimes louder. When you need, somebody needs prayer and you pray with them, you know, don't put it off and just say, I'll pray. But most time if you say, you know, I'll pray for you, they're thinking, okay, when you get home. And hopefully you may, you know. But no, I want to pray with you right now. 
Sakarabene. Amen? We were, uh, we happened to be in Haddonfield the other night. Any of you on Facebook, you saw the whole gang. We have a tradition. We go to Haddonfield because they have the parade. Santa comes. There's horses and carriages and all that stuff. It's very festive, and it, it's cool. But while we're there, we went into one store, and the, the one, uh, he happens to be a son of the owners. He's part owner. But he has a three-and-a-half-year-old girl that one month ago was uh, found with uh, leukemia. And it has been, their world has been totally turned upside down with the leukemia. And, you know, Carol's, you know, Carol's heart just went out, and both our hearts did. But we're trying to manage the whole thing and, and yet have an opportunity to speak with him. And, and he shared what was going on in their lives, and we thought, well, this, yeah, there's customers all around. But it was like God in the midst of it, in the midst of all this trafficking and everything else, the, his father and mother were there as well. And, he, yeah, they were working. They were all working in the store. It was Patricia's and Malika Hill. But they allowed that time because he said this. He said, hey, Mom, if there's anybody that, that has a connection above, it's these two that could storm the gates of heaven. Now, you know, we're, we're not, you know, this is just from interacting in there and sharing, sharing the love of God. Not preaching and hitting them over the head with the Bible, but not backing off and sharing who we are because of whose we are. So we made the connection, and then I had to go out for a minute, and Carol just stayed in there and was just talking and ministering, you know, sharing uh, hope and helping to take that burden that they were carrying. And then we went back in, and it was like, we got to pray. He was sitting on the couch. Carol was there. And I came back in, and we said, we got to pray. And we prayed with him and prayed for that miracle, cursing that cancer out of the very root in the name of Jesus. So you do it, you know, believing, believing for a miracle from God. Customers are walking around because Jesus said, say Jesus said, and it's in the red. It's in the red. The works I do, you shall do, and greater because I go to my Father. Amen. Well, he, he, either Jesus is Lord, or he's a liar, or he's a lunatic. He's one of the three. But if he's the Lord and he said it, it'll happen. Amen? But it'll never happen if you and I don't put faith to, to the word and act on it. Seizing the opportunities to minister the love of God. Amen? So on November 9th, I want to come back here. Bobby Connor did this article, and he just said, what to do now, the day after the election? And he said this, after elections, action, election actions, Christian conduct. Warning, warning. This is how he got it from the Lord and, he, and, and in his spirit. And he wrote, penned it this way. Dear saints, please pray. These could be the most dangerous days with the standing government. In other words, and I put it on Facebook this morning. I put it this way. You know, the church uh, rejoiced in a, in a victory thinking a war was won, but it was only a battle. It was a battle that was won, but there are many battles in front of us. Amen? So it wasn't, we can't, well, let me just, and as I'm reading this, I was like, oh, my Lord Jesus, this is what we've been saying here as well. 
These could be the most dangerous days with the standing government. In our joy and jubilation, we can't go blind to under-the-table dangerous deals being made in the last days of our current government. In our joy and jubilation of the victory, we can't go blind to under-the-table dangerous deals being made in the last days of our current government. So we can't sleep. We can't just, you know, while we celebrate the victory of an election, praise God the Supreme Court justices that need to get elected will be in there, you know, and all the other stuff that are very important issues, economy, all the stuff, you know, that things are going to start getting fixed. It's not going to happen overnight. It probably won't happen in a four-year term. Yeah. It's under your Bible there. Yeah, you can work with me in tandem. I give you authority. <laughs> I just feel like this needs yeah. me interjected. God told us that the responsibility, God is putting the responsibility in the hands of the church to pray him through the presidency. And if the church does not pick up that, pres- that responsibility... We're not going to see the success. That's right. We're not going to see the blessings of God. I know that I know that I know that. Not just that, because of the power of prayer, and when God gets people who can start praying and praying in the spirit, we can advert different things, divert other things that are being planned against America to stop America from receiving the blessings, first of all, and being in, in the, the spiritual realm of darkness yeah. and, to, and to carry out the rest of God's fulfillment for America yeah. in this time. And so God has Donald Trump in there right now, the least of whoever we would ever, ever expect. But that's who God goes after, just like Saul. Yeah. God chose somebody, just like Gideon. The mm-hmm. least expected. It's yeah. always the least that's expected. More like Gideon in this case. I know, but what I'm saying, tall, he was tall, Solomon, he stood out. Trump stood out, but nobody would ever expect yeah. because of his wealth and because of his popularity. So what I'm saying is, is that God spoke to us a couple nights or the night before election and said to yeah. us, the responsibility is I'm giving it to the church. Yeah. To pray through his presidency. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Very How many very of you remember crucial. George W. Bush Jr.? A Republican candidate that became the nominee and was elected president. We seem to forget this. Why did God put him in office? To, to rehabilitate the wickedness. Now, listen, under the Clinton uh, administration... There are some positive things for uh, th- that were done, but undermined was Christendom because we had an Ahab and a Jezebel that were together in the White House. So spiritually, there were a lot of things being, de- you know, uh, being done and accomplished in the spirit realm. It was a setup. George W. Bush gets in there, and God didn't, you know, God elected him. God elected him. A nine months, saints, less than nine months, maybe eight and, eight and a half months or whatever into his presidency, 9-1-1 goes down. 
You talk about being diverted from the, a lot of the plans of God? Huh? And they question his administration? You get in office for nine months of any kind of thing and have a 911 go down in, your, in, in not just your life, but it's part of your life, but that co- in your country. And now you've got to manage this thing and get a hold, ascertain what in the world is going on. You know, we have a country to, to run and care for. God wanted him in there to help restore Christian things and principles, to under, undo the Roe versus Wade and different things that were in there. See, you guys, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Abortion is murder. There's no other ter- term for it. Abortion is murder. And the sin of Molech, Molech was a god that they would offer their children to and sacrifice. And the Bible strictly says it, that God hates hands that shed innocent blood. Amen? Well, glory to God, I'm having more fun than you guys are. How, I mean, because of the truth of the word of God. Listen, I'll tell you what, something that's interesting to me, I love it in Proverbs 30, when here's, you know, Solomon's mom, and she says to him, Bersheba says, open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die as king. Solomon, open your mouth for the speechless. Amen? In the cause of all who are appointed to die, open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Now, is that just mom speaking, or is that a woman that's under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? It's in Scripture for you and I. Amen? Of course, Proverbs 6, God hates hands that shed innocent blood. So that sin in this nation has to be reversed. Listen, and you know, I, I, it drives me crazy that women are put in this place because primarily of the lust of men. Oh, glory, I'm preaching better and you're shouting. So anyway, let's get back to the, to the word. When Bobby said this, don't be blind don't under, to under the table dangerous deals. We can't be naive and we can't assume the battles, the war is won. We won a battle, but now there's battles right now, not, not, not January 20th, today. Today there are battles that need to be fought in the spirit. And tomorrow and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. It's not time to be a weekend warrior in Christendom. You and I are called to be a daily son of God, warrior of God, hallelujah, with a tool and a weapon in our hand 24-7. Hallelujah. That's the position of the church from here on out to the rapture or the second coming, however it goes down. Tool and weapon, 24-7. Hallelujah. You know what? You're going to look bad. You're going to look beautiful at the same time. Hallelujah. And Bobby said this, don't underestimate the damage a wounded rattlesnake can do. Look at what's happening in the Democratic Party right now. We're going for the recounts. They're putting their own money up for recounts because they want to disprove this election can't be authentic. Bless God, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. The cut-off head is still filled with deadly poison. Now, Bobby understands this stuff because he's been around rattlesnake. 
Pray that God will bind every evil plot and plan to steal the victories. Beloved, God has shown America great mercy to those, to those who much has been given, much is required. Listen, I, and, and that's in Luke 12, 48. And I just want to say this. We all have great responsibilities in life. Family, you know, work, business, whatever it might be, and come to the table. But in lieu of all that, we have to go to God and say, God, help me redeem time and organize my schedule for the benefit of the future. What do I need to do as a soldier for Christ? Amen? Our first identity, if we're born again, is I am a Christian. Hallelujah. I am God's son and he the boss. He the king, I'm a prince, bless God. I love being royalty. But Papa, what do you want done when, where, and how? Amen. Because the Bible says that if you're a Christian, your life isn't yours anymore. So who are you to take authority over your thoughts and decisions alone without God? (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. You've been bought with a price. Well, I didn't realize all that came with the deal. Tough. Heaven or hell, light or darkness, good or evil, you chose good, you chose life, you chose light. But there's a cost. And our freedom cost God something. It cost the blood and suffering and penalty, our penalty of sin placed on his son, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why it's not hard to praise him and worship him anytime. Glory to God. Now's the time to pray for our nation as never before. This is November 9th. Ask God to release wisdom, equipping us to squ- not to squander these doors of possibility and opportunity. Ask God to release his plans to reverse wicked, evil political actions that have murdered untold millions of babies. What right does a baby have? Save the whales. Are you kidding me? Skin that thing and get the oil. Keep the baby alive, you moron. Oh, we don't know if it's a baby. The law of Genesis, gooberhead. Every seed produces after its kind. It's really not that deep. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Ask God for his wisdom to appoint leaders that have a heart to obey the word of God. He's still appointing so many different things, and there's all this challenge going on. Listen, can you feel, I mean, if you, have, if you listen to the news, you get, you know, can't believe all this stuff. But, but there's a lot of tension in the spirit realm right now. You have to understand, we have hit a bee's nest. It's been knocked off the tree. A huge bee's nest and a hornet's nest. And it has hit the ground and they are in a frenzy. You better have the right gear on. Amen? And we do. We have armor, bless God. And it's bee proof, bless God. (laughs) We need to pray for a Holy Spirit revival to break in out in our nation. May the holy fire of God sweep across our nation, setting us ablaze for the glory of God. 
Listen, that means you and I have to make some choices and decisions. We have to change our schedules. We have to change our schedules and prioritize God's business. Listen, th- this, this religious crap, Christian rituals and practices, this religious crap that's still untangling us at times, we need to cut it off. Just like Lazarus when he was raised from the dead. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. He still had grave clothes on. He couldn't move about in this resurrected being after four days of stench. Think about that. I'm not sure of the embalming process back then. I know that they covered them with a lot of stuff. I don't know if the blood was still in them, but think about it. The power of God hits Lazarus, raises him from the dead. His blood is made pure. Think of the multiple miracles that happened in his physical body, let alone the spirit coming back into his body. Coming up out of Abraham's bosom. Oh, glory to God, I'm back in here. You know, think about it. If he's mummified, they, the power of God hits him, stands him up at the mouth of the tomb. Wait, somebody, let me go. Lord, don't roll the stone away. The stench will be too horrific. I am the resurrection and the life. In me, there's no death. Man, I'll tell you what. You know, think about it. Not even the stench of putrefaction on Lazarus' body. The three Hebrew children are in the fiery furnace. Not even the smell of smoke when they come out. That's what I'm talking about. You talk about God's protection and glory on you and me. What Adam and Eve lost in the garden, God has put back on the church. Hallelujah. On his church and his people. Now, he goes into a beautiful disorte here from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm just going to read this to you. I'm going to minister the word of God to you. It's from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, starting there. And he says this. This is what the word says. Now, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to appreciate those who diligently work among you, recognize, acknowledge, and respect your leaders who are in charge over you in the Lord and who give you instruction. And we ask that you appreciate them and Hold them in the highest esteem and love because of their work on your behalf. Amen. Live in peace with one another. We earnestly urge you, believers, admonish those who are out of line, the undisciplined. Admonish the undisciplined. (laughs) Say accountability. Oh, boy, it gets nervous when you start saying that. Well, we don't want lordship. We want, want people controlling our lives. And you, you know, leaders always seem to have that manipulative ability. Leaders always seem to have that manipulative, manipulative ability. Well, God put us in this place. It's not manipulation. It's instruction. And at times, if anyone is undisciplined, it's the responsibility of leaders to say, why are you undisciplined in this area? Do What do you do with your kids? Pick up your clothes off the floor. What is that? They're undisciplined in managing the, their room, their space. Pick up your clothes. Put them in the hamper or fold them and put them back in the drawer where they belong. Put it in the clo- Hang your coat up. 
What's that? That helps develop discipline, lifestyle. Is that harsh? Guys, this is a good chance for you to preach. Yes or no? Amen. He says, admonish those who are unruly. Those who are bucking against the, the instruction given to the church. Those who are bucking against it. Don't be an unruly sheep. Listen, an unruly sheep is the whole purpose of a shepherd's crook and his staff. A she- an unruly sheep is one that doesn't stay with the, the flock and they begin to wander off. And the Bible says, and it's, of course it's in, even in the scripture, they can get entangled and because of the wool, it just they walk against a thorn bush. They can get stuck there and become uh, collateral damage, stuck for predators. So what is the crook for? The crook was for the shepherd. He would snap the sheep's leg. Now don't tell, don't, don't tell, you know, animal control about this. But he would snap the leg so that the sheep would get get the point. If I go past a certain place, boom, I can't walk. I can't do it. You know, there's pain involved. He takes care of it. He cares for it. I don't, they must have a science to this and all that. But it's enough to teach the sheep not to wander into a place of danger. But bring that into human characteristics. Hey, don't go there. Please don't go there. Why? There's, you're in danger. That's part of a leader's job, to tell you when you're in danger, if you don't realize you're in danger. Thank God we don't have shepherd's crooks. Amen? Because we would be up here along our way doing this probably because we were a little unruly in our day. Amen. (laughs) And he goes on and says this. Encourage the timid who lack spiritual courage. Help the spiritually weak. Be very patient with everyone, always controlling your temper. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek that which is good for one another and for all people. Paul goes on and says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Yeah, when when we were with this father the other night, and their world is absolutely just seems to be collapsing around them. You know, the child is in CHOP. The medications, yeah, constant chemo. And all the things that no parent ever dreams of for their daughter in any way, shape, or form. Amen? You know what I'm saying? But your, your heart begins to just... What hope do they have? They, the only hope they have is a miracle from God. And then if, they're, if they don't know what the Scripture says or promises from God, love helps them. Love comforts, love consoles, and love encourages. Amen? There is a God in heaven. Amen? There is a God who created that, you, that, that form of, the, of your child and your daughter, and he loves her. Be assured. Amen? And then, of course, however God, the Holy Ghost would lead you through that. See that no one repays evil. 
All right, rejoice always and delight in your faith. I was delighting when I, as I was hearing this, the horrific nature of what was happening with their daughter, I was encouraged. Seriously, I was rejoicing in the faith that we've been exposed to and the truth that has been planted in our hearts. Amen. Think about it, guys. And I was thinking about it. I thought about that coming into this service today, that a lot of the things that we're facing, and they're real things, and sometimes they can be very ugly situations. But when I heard this, I thought, wow, in comparison, I am so grateful I'm not having to walk through that valley of the shadow of death. But they need us to walk with them. And all of a sudden, our problems seem so much less when you look at somebody else around you. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of Holy Spirit. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of Holy Spirit. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies, spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. Do not scorn them. Don't reject them. But test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good. Hold firmly to that which is good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Abstain from every form of evil. Withdraw and keep away from it. Withdraw and keep away from it. Withdraw and keep away from it. Now, for example, this is a true story. In the Bible, Jesus uses, and he's teaching, and he said, listen, if your eye causes you to stumble, he uses this language, pluck it out. For it's better to go through life without an eye than to burn in hellfire forever. He goes on to say, if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. Now, it's a violent act. Listen, plucking out your eye, can you imagine the pain? And if you literally took the word of Jesus literal and you dug your finger in your eye because you have a problem with where your eye goes. If your eye's causing you to stumble, pluck it out, and you don't have any more stumbling problems. If your foot is taking you to places you shouldn't go, cut it off so you can't get to those destinations that could damn your soul to hell. Amen? Well, abstain from every form of evil. Withdraw and keep away from it. There was a man. He was in a rehab situation. Actually, we knew somebody that was with this man. And this man, they had Bibles in this rehab situation. By the kind of drugs and the hallucinogenics this guy was on, it was still in his system. When he read that, he read that in the Bible, and he literally dug one of his eyes out. Now, do you think he was led by the Spirit or driven by a demon? So... You don't, you know, it's important that you're under good teaching, amen. He goes on and says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you 
through and through. That is, separate you from profane and vulgar things. May the God of peace, the God of shalom, remember where we started, Jeremiah 29, 11? The thoughts I have towards you are of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And Paul here is picking up, not necessarily on that verse, but it complements that verse. May the God of peace himself sanctify you, set you apart through and through, separate you from profane and vulgar things. May that same God of peace, your Father, your Lord, and the Holy Ghost, make you pure and whole and undamaged. (laughs) What a great translation. Say, no damaged goods. Amen. And there's something more frustrating. You bring a gift home or something, you order something by mail, and it comes and it's broken. Like, really? You have to go through the process now. You paid for it. You paid for shipping, and it comes broken. You got you to gotta ship it back. Make, your, make you pure, whole, undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Felt like Donald Trump right there. Come on, guys. Dear Lord Jesus. Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation. And he will do it. He will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. What greater love is there? Aren't you glad that Jesus is our shepherd and he's your shepherd? What to do now? Pray, pray, pray. Listen, look at, the, look at the, cho- the choreography and the synchronization of the Word and the Spirit. Bobby, like so many, like here, myself, Pastor Carol, Tim, Elena, different ones. As we have sat here and just put that appeal the urgency of the hour of corporate prayer, the, and prayer has been building. It has been building. There's more people assembling for the purposes of prayer. I'm going to say something to you. Listen carefully to me, and I mean it. If your faith is working right, we are trying, like, for example, when we have the three nights of prayer, which it starts next week, and I commend you, Carol and I commend everyone that has taken hold of that, and whether you're able to be here or not, but if you are in prayer and faith and agreement, power's released. But when we are assembled, there's been more people attending, more people participating in that corporate prayer. And God, this is, this will be month number 12. Come next Wednesday, Wednesday night, we will have tied the year in prayer and fasting. To me, that's a great accomplishment. And it wasn't that difficult just taking three days each month to do it. Amen? You sow to the Spirit, you of the Spirit reap life. 
Listen, God is looking. What would you be looking for if you were an employer? If everybody in here was an employer, what would be some of the things you would desire for your employees? On time, faithful, great work ethic. Amen? When you show up for prayer, and we move, and it's time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Whether you get to that microphone and pray something or release something, that your presence, your power, your involvement, your agreement, we are moving in the Spirit. We are assimilating, uh, assembling, and grabbing hold of what the Holy Ghost wants us to release in English in the natural to establish something in the heavens. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, that was one page. I need these to be passed out. Uh, one per family, and then if there's extras, you can do it, please. If you don't. This is one of the articles, and I printed it out for you. God has empowered you. Say, God has empowered me. Now, Pastor Carol alluded to this verse. And as you get these things, I'll wait for a moment so you can look at it. This is not to collect dust. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Was it a great labor? A great t- it, took, it took time to print this off. It took time to make copies because that copier can be really stubborn sometimes. Because we love you. And we care about you. And we want you to succeed and be a success. God has empowered you. This is so precious. And I've got to get done. So I'm just going to touch on something here. Look at the very first part of it. You are anointed for action. This, he, he, he put this word, made it available November 20th. You are chosen by God Almighty in eternity past to live in the present to forge the future. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You have divine destiny. No one on earth can accomplish what you have been commissioned to do. And then he goes on, and he tells the story of, of a, a supernatural event that happened with him. But if you look on page 2, or the back page of your sheet, John 15, 16, Carol talked about this. We need a revelation of this, guys. You did not choose me. But I chose you. Say, Jesus chose me. Say it out loud. Jesus chose me. Now look at your neighbor and reassure them that Jesus has chosen you. Jesus chose me, yo, and appointed me that I should bear fruit and that my fruit should remain. See, personalize it. That whatever I ask the Father in my name, he will give me. I want you to look at the scripture and personalize it. I did not choose Jesus, but Jesus chose me and appointed me that I should bear fruit. 
I should go and bear fruit. Say go. And bear fruit. So that means not just in your crib. That means everywhere your foot trods. And that my fruit should remain. That whatever I ask the Father in Jesus' name, he would give me. That's how you personalize that scripture. But that's the reality and the power of that word. Jesus chose you and I for such a time as this. And with the urgency of the appeal of the pulpit here in this place, saints, we must pray. Saints, prioritize it. Listen, it is from 7 to 8. If you come any time in that time frame, if you need to leave at 8 because you're getting up early or whatever else, your schedule's really tight. If you can only come for a half hour, it's the... It's not the, I have to go because they, they're, if I don't go, I'm going to be marked. No, get, you are marked. You're marked to bear fruit. And right now in history of the church, our fruit is to pray and believe, to decree and believe, bless God. And when you and I come and do it in the corporate setting, hell is shaken to the core. You better believe and remember, there's an adversary that once could control our flesh, influence our situations. And when you and I say, no, in Jesus' name. There's a battle to be fought on Monday night. Bless God, and I'm going to be there. Hallelujah. I'm coming with my armor on, not armor all. I'm coming with my armor on, and I'm going to hook up with my brethren. The brethren God has placed, and the place where God has placed me. Bless God. And that's when, that's when, things, that's when things began to shake. Yeah. When the church assembled together, not when the church stayed home. Acts chapter 4. And you'll see that whenever there was an assembling together in the scriptures, that's when things were shaken. And if we let, I have to say this church, and I'm not saying this, listen, in a negative way or degrading or demoralizing or whatever, or please understand um, when I say this. But last Sunday, the, me- the message, when I delivered that me- message on momentum, momentum, and to me it was very powerful, it was anointed, um, and so on. And I looked at everybody and I said, Wednesday night we're not having midweek. Everybody come here to prayer, and I expect everybody to be here. There was one person that showed up. One person. And then Shirley and David, who have not been attending on Sundays, but yet this is still their church because they've been taking care of their mom. Um, they come for prayer every Monday night. They came. So, but what I'm saying in the assembling here, there was just one, guys, just one. And, yeah, maybe you'll do some self-checking right now while I'm saying that because you might say, well, and, and there might be some valid reasons. Okay, yeah, We get that. We get that. We're not criticizing that. No. Validity. And that's between you and God. That's not between you and us. But if we see things, it's like, yeah, we've got to bring it. I want to say this to you. I want to say that inside of my own spirit, I have such a, a warning that we're not going to stop prayer and fasting on mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesday coming up. We can't. We can't afford it. <clears throat> We cannot afford to, st- to stop it at all. And if let me let me give you some. If you if you do any background check on the history of the church, whenever there's a battle that has been won, the church relaxes and gets real complacent. Yeah. And we've been battling to get the complacency out of the church. Yeah. And it's been a struggle. 
It's been a real struggle. Churches are thinning out. I just got a text from somebody last night who really needs to get together and talk because their church, them, the pastors, took on a huge responsibility, and it's imploding. And the church is falling apart. It's like the church is, people are just leaving. And I don't get it. I don't get that this is the hour. I can't imagine being on the field in the military. Yeah. And being told to go, we're advancing, go now. And you just sit there and go, well, I don't feel like it. And yet this is a higher call. Yeah. Amen. This is a higher call because prayer makes we didn't choose God. He chose us. He came after us and pursued us. He pursued us for a reason. And you might say to yourself and come up with all the excuses that we can. We can come up with them. Trust me, I try to come up with my own excuses sometimes on Monday nights. I do. I try to come up with my own. I can't. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I can't. And guess what? Nobody is behind me and my husband patting us on the back and trying to um, encourage us and, and try to keep us motivated to keep going and pastoring. There's nobody behind us everybody. When we gave our lives to the Lord, listen, when we gave our lives to Jesus, I gave it 100%. And that meant in everything, not because we were called to pastor. That wasn't my calling. My calling was to be his child. And in being his child, I was going to learn obedience like that. God, okay, God, okay, God, okay, okay, God to the place where you get to say, okay, God, not God, talk. Okay, God. And it started out God with some excuses and a lot of opinions, and God got that out of my life. Come on. We're at a place now, church, that we're called. Yeah, we are called. We are called, and God's commissioned us. For and, such a time as this. And this is a word, hon. Right before you started reading that second part, this word came to me, and I want to I want to read this. And I said it. Assimilate. I don't know if you heard me say it. No, I didn't. Didn't I say assimilate? You said who? Assimilate. I didn't say how you say that. Indubitably. Indubitably? So listen, so why I'm saying that is this. <clears throat> You're no different than us, guys. You're no different than us. We have an anointing on us to minister the word and to pastor, to be the pastors of this local assembly. Yeah. God called us to be that. If we walked into another church, we're not the pastors there. Nope. There's no anointing on us to pastor in that church. Okay, you got that? But it is a five-fold call. Yeah. Now, God can pick us up and plop us somewhere else, and, and because he did that, then we have the anointing to, to minister in pastoring there or pro- prophetically wherever the prophet is called upon and it's received. Yeah. Okay? But we have... We're just like you guys. We got to suit up and show up just like everybody. Yep. But right before pastors started With five saying kids. this. Well, Managing five yeah, kids. Yeah, but we don't have the five anymore. But Thank God. We did. I, I, we I, did. I, we know what it's all about, guys. I didn't mean that. And we know all the struggles behind the scenes. <laughs> we know it. Been there. 
I was thinking about while my husband was talking about that little that little girl. Just hang in there with me a couple minutes, okay? With Brad's little girl. Well, we've gotten to know the family over the years because we bought furniture from them, and they've come to our home. And we've gotten to share the Lord with them. And they are still amazed. They're, they're the ones who bring up about our cabinet that caught on fire or was smoldering and never caught on fire. How and our house should have been on fire. How did that happen? It happened because I left a candle on. The candle broke. And the flame, it was at the bottom, and I forgot to turn, blow it out. And I left the house. And um, so just so you know, this, this doesn't happen anymore. But I, my front door was unlocked. And a friend of ours who does the exterminating, who we trust and all, just walked into the house, and he smelled something, and he walked over to our cabinet that we bought from Patricia's of Mulwicka Hill, and it, it didn't smoldering. catch on fire. It smoldered, smoldered to the place. It was on it to the place where the wood was burned in a big chunk of wood, like it should have been on fire. Everything around it should have been on fire. But, an angel but was God there. kept it. And it was a it spoke so loud to our friend who was going through something that God would keep him. Yeah. And so we told him about that and they, they have a picture of our smoldering cabinet. So anyway. But my heart just broke and I just I said to I said to Ray last night, I said, Hun, my heart just goes out to them because I remember the time when I had to myself go on um, high dosage of steroids and methotrexate, which is a form of chemotherapy. And, I, you know, when I was on that, I was like loop-de-loop. It was horrible. It was horrible. And I still came in here pastoring and trying to keep up with my responsibilities. And some in here didn't understand what was going on and. And, you know, you see the enemy when you feel so weak in your physical time, mm-hmm. you know, and spiritually, like I was just so dependent on the Lord. And I watch some people just start holding stuff against me. And I'm not saying this boo-hoo because I'm so used to this. Okay, you get used to it. But you see how the enemy works to try to destroy a vision. Yeah. And if we're not performing for you guys in the way that you want us to perform for you. Well, guess what? I'm not a performer. And I'm not here to, and we're not here to tickle anybody's ears or perform for them. But nobody knew what I was going through. I shared a little bit, but nobody knew what I was going through and how I laid on that sofa Night after night, my husband would just pray over me and different things. And I just, um, I just thought about this family. And, like, we're going on with that, and then you see the attacks come in. In the church. Come on, listen. Wake yeah, up. Listen real, to re- me. Real stuff. It's like, come on, that's the time to wake up and surround your pastors. Real TV. You know, how many are praying for us? Yep. How many are praying for us? How many have committed to prayer for your leaders? And it says to do that as we pray for you guys. Mm-hmm. And with no no opinions and want us to perform this way, we're not. We're here to, to 
develop and mature the ones that God has brought here, right? So in that, for what? For this day, for this day that we're living in. And I count it an honor and privilege for all of us to be living in this day, and especially for me. I, I, I just think, my God, the things that he is giving to us to be responsible trust with and trust and to, to, and yeah. to the church is amazing, amazing. To get in that, in that battleground, you know, is amazing to me. And, and I don't have to sign up for the military. I'm in the military. You know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> but this word came to me, and where's the definition? Okay. When he, when you, okay, I didn't know you said assimilate, but as soon as you started reading the second thing with Bobby, mm-hmm. this, the Lord said to me, he said, he said, assimilate. And I went, assimilate? And I'm thinking assimilate is just, I'm thinking of something else. So I went to my dictionary, and it says to take in everything that you heard today, mm-hmm. okay, even what you're going to take home and read. When Bobby Connors comes, it's a divine word from God. It's a yeah. divine visitation. I'm telling you, yeah. it's a visitation of God through the vessel to us. Yeah. Okay? And it says this, to take in and incorporate as one's own. Absorb. Wow. Absorb all of this. Take it in. I was reminded of this. Remember what God said to us? If you take care of my needs. I'll take care of yours. Come on, what's the rest, guys? I'll take care of yours. I'll take care of yours. So let's do it in priority. Instead of waiting for God to take care of our needs, which a lot of us have. and, And I, listen, we are not, we are very understanding with that, very very compassionate with that. But when I see it trying to overtake you and see the enemy getting in there, uh-uh. Then, I, then I'll come with you with the sword. I'm going to come at you with the sword. And the reason why I'm coming at you with the sword, not for you, but it's to cut off what the enemy is trying to do. It's not you. It's not you at all. It's yeah. to cut off what the enemy is trying to do. So I'll bring truth to you because the truth is, and we will, we'll yeah. bring truth which is the word of God, because we love you guys. Amen. You know, that's true pastoring. Yeah. Okay, it's not coming with that nice sermon and, and so on. I'm going to move on, all right? Um, I, I was thinking about that, the, the steroids and this little girl and all that, and I was thinking, you know, there's people in here, too, that can sympathize, and I just thought about Sharon, the things that you went through watching Jennifer. And what she went through and, and her Becky going from home. A baby. The compassion, huh? Becky from a baby. Yeah. And then Benjamin, there's there's been just different things that you have had to walk through mm-hmm. and and to find places in God that only is only between you and him, you and God. Yeah. And nobody else can find that place or feel that place because that place is just between you and God and he releases his emotions, his emotions to you in, in understanding what you're feeling and everything else. And, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about this little baby, and I was thinking, you know, here is this, the, this couple 
who don't even really know Christ, they go to a church, I don't know what their background is, but when, they, when I told him that Jesus will heal your child, and he's telling me about CHOP, and I could just picture immediately the surrounding of all these children that they lost their hair from chemotherapy and the conditions, and some are dying and some are not, and they're in this place and feeling, well, why would God do this for me? Why would God, you know? But this is why it's so important for us to get a hold of the Word of God, yeah. and God's going to put people in your past. It was yeah. a divine appointment for us Friday night to come across there, and, and, and I just just told my husband, I said, Ray, drop me off at the front of the store and then go find a parking spot and then come in and then I'll meet you, blah, blah, blah. And that's how it started before the whole rush starts and everybody starts going through Haddonfield and everything. I wanted to get in the store before everybody else did, you know? And it was like, and I just, I, I, and it was just like, it was a divine, like we were walking, that wasn't my thought, but it was like, Ray, stop the car, let me out, you know? So he stopped the car, let me out, and, and I ran in. And what I'm saying is this, is that there's divine appointments for all of us. But a lot of us have different things in our own personal lives that God has ministered to us and has gotten us through things that we have now the ability to minister out of that place to help somebody else. Help somebody else get through. And this little girl, this this mom and dad, and uh, and they also their Brad's wife. She just had a twelve. She has. They have a twelve-week-old baby. And so the, to go up and back and forth from the hospital wasn't, the, it wasn't um, possible for her to go back and forth. So Brad was doing, yeah. doing a lot of it and just holding her and, and just all the things. And, and now we're telling him, we come along, and, and he, when he saw us, it was like, <gasps> and that's how he felt, hope. Because right now I don't feel hopeful. Right now I'm not feeling Anything positive. My little girl has leukemia. My little girl has leukemia. And he said, and I don't tell, we're not telling people. But when I saw you, he said, I, I, do you mind? And I said, absolutely not. And we're telling him now, I know that I know, and I'm so confident Jesus is going to heal your little girl. I know it. I know that I know that I know. And he said, I hope so. And I said, Brad, look at me. I know so. There was such a confidence. And faith was taking over because their faith wasn't there. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. And I know so. And listen, church, this is where we have to get. So full of God, so full of faith, so full of his presence. Carol wasn't saying that to just comfort them and give them like a a Band-Aid. It was a, a... a revelation in her spirit from God. And my husband just sat there. And you have to know the store, but in the middle of the store, they have this display of sofa, two sofas facing each other and a whole display. It's, it's really adorable, their shop. And there's other furniture and all. But it's kind of the place where people then walk around and they can either go in this room or that room or go straight. You know. And Ray just looked at him and said, Brad, sit down. And Brad sat down. He said, Let's pray now. And I was standing there. You sat down with them, and I watched Brad, and Brad closed his eyes and kept his eyes closed. And you prayed a long prayer. And it, I wasn't and, trying to pray a Shundai. I know. And I was just, and people are walking around us, and his parents are then up at the cash register and manning that. One's manning that, and then the other. And then afterwards, we were leaving, and 
his mom came over to me and said, I want to thank you so much. And then I saw his dad sitting out on the chair who also battled cancer and had his ear removed. And we would go in and say, Charlie, we're praying for you. This will not spread. And so on. And Charlie just sitting there without any hope. Church, come on. Yeah. This is what it's, it's about. We've got to be the light outside to give people hope. Yes. No matter what they're going through, you know, we have to give them hope and be there. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Please so, stand. Tomorrow night, we have prayer. Oh, the one thing I want to say about President Bush is this, guys. Remember when we were in prayer and I said this? Listen, don't forget about the nations that are lining up. Those nations have um, military weapon directed right at America. If they can wipe America off, then they're going after Israel. Or injure it. Or injure it in yeah. any way, whatever way they choose to do. President Bush, I will say myself, not every president is a good president. Maybe not everything he decided to do was the best. But I will say this, whether there's controversy or not or whatever, whoever says whatever, I, I, I really don't care. But you know what? I believe he was one of the finest presidents that we had, one of the mm -hmm. finest presidents that we had. And you might hear all the other stuff, but me and my husband watched the night or it was a couple weeks before they finally went into Iraq because his, his top secret information that came to him was that there was weapons of mass destruction. Now listen, when you're taking your own people and putting them in grinders, paper grinders, huge grinders, oh. from their heads first and then thought, it was no. Like a, it was like a tree, tree grinder. Yeah. We're going to put them feet first so they feel the pain more. When we are using chemical Biological um, warfare. And Biological testing warfare. it on their own people. Come on. And I remember the night we were watching on a TV station, and they were showing this one night a, a couple miles long. I don't know how long. I'm saying a couple miles. It could have been five miles long of military trucks in the, all kinds. Leaving uh, Iraq to go to Syria. And, and there was like a military truck with a flatbed, and it would be covered. And they're leaving Iraq going into Syria. While President Bush gave in to everybody to go to the U.N. to figure this out, if we should go in or not. Listen, they got out everything that they needed. I don't know why everybody has forgotten about that part. You know, but what I'm saying is, is this, our responsibility is to pray, yeah. you know, and the other thing is too, is to pray. We're going to come against and pray for God to really wake the church up yeah. for this reason, because when 911 happened, the church stood up for a couple weeks and that was it, sat back down. That was it. Come on, we got to be the church that's going to stand and stand in position Amen. for all of us. You know, I'm not trying to put like an extra burden. Please, no. neither of us are it's trying our, to put. It's our job. It's our job. This is the day that we live in. Amen. It's our job. Uh, yeah, I'm. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that exclusively. That's the church's job. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Please stand. It's our privilege. Yeah. yeah. 
privilege and honor. Grab your neighbor's hand if you would. To serve to. to serve God in that yes. way. There in you that go. capacity. Now. Yeah. Praise God. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the presence today, for the glory and for the ministry, Lord. That every time you turn your eyes, there's a new song released. Every time you turn your face, there's a new wave of worship that empowers and hits us, the church, affects us. Lord, for the word and for the heart of the, and the cry of the Holy Spirit to us, the church, this morning. But Lord, recently and consistently, Holy Ghost, that we will not only, that you will give us ears to hear, not just, but also that gift of comprehension, to comprehend the realities of, of the importance of our obedience and willingness in this hour. Empower us, Lord. Bless each one that's here today. And Lord, help us rise above those circumstances that seem to be anchors in our life, that we would rule and reign in that kingship that you have ordained for us to live in and to walk in, that our priesthood would not be tainted in any way on a daily basis, that we will function in our priesthood and kingship in under the Lord Jesus Christ every day of our life for your glory and for our joy and benefit. In Jesus' mighty name, and amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. amen. Tell your, so be it. God bless you.